podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballer Season 2, Episode 37. This week, Matt Lamborn and Bright Foot join me to talk about the massive amount of showdown content we've been getting the last week, but also how to keep foot fresh and entertaining while we're all waiting for that team of the season drop in this lull period. We also announced the winner of the Footballer Sponsors and Supporters giveaway, so stay tuned for that. If you're not supporting the show and you'd like to, it's easy. Click the link in the show notes and we greatly appreciate your support. It helps us keep the podcast going. Later on in the show, we talk about the World Cup draw and what we think might happen in certain groups. Let's get into the show. Welcome back, Mets. How was your week? It's been a funny old week. A uh, little bit of foot, a little bit of real life stuff. I've had to interact with people who I work with for the first time in God knows how long. So that was fun. And uh, my first day back in the office in two years, I got sick. So what does that tell you? Stay at home. It's good for your health. Well, glad you're feeling a little bit better. You don't look sick. No, I've just had a... Um, on the way out of a little bit of a, like a throat infection, I've just been coughing up some nasty stuff, but mm. I don't feel ill, ill. My throat's just a bit crooky. I sound a bit like righty, actually. But yeah, it's not the vid, so that's okay. But yeah, it was, was ironic going back to work and then just immediately getting ill again. So shit out of luck in real life, but uh, the foot gods have been kind to me though. Mm. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Interested to hear about that one. Paul. How's your liver? It's recovered. Did you get a new one? Yeah, it's recovered. Yeah, we had um, oh, good. a good. few IVs. Worried about you. And we're back to full health. Fighting fit. Nice. Did 26 miles you this know, morning. Did a few hours on kettlebells. And then um, doing a podcast now. Kettlebells. Mets, let's jump into it before we get into to Showdown Central. You said the foot cards have been kind to you. Tell me more about this. I need to know. Okay, so... Showdown has been an interesting little promo full stop. Lots mm-hmm. of nice niche cards, a little bit of stuff that's out of the ordinary content, certainly not necessarily meta, and then drops a smiling Vout Veghorst, which I was absolutely delighted with. And I would have probably picked this card up had it been a lot worse than it actually is. But when you look at the stats on it, oh my goodness, what are EA playing at? This is just... Right up my alley. Two weeks in a row, I'm a very happy boy indeed. I was just about to say, I'm looking at your face, and Mets literally looks like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) Smiling from ear to ear, genuinely so excited about this card. I haven't tried him yet, but everybody that I've talked to that has, has nothing but great things to say about it. Paul, have you done the same? No. Or have you tried him? No. They need to put him in NBA 2K, fucking keep him out of FIFA. Mm-hmm. All these crossing rats are just going to send it to him in the box. Undefendable. Yeah, it definitely seems like a Zlatan killer because, you know, the the popular uh, winter wildcard Zlatan was trading at multi-millions and it seems to be coming down pretty hard still today. How much do you think these showdown cards are going to impact the market at all, Paul? Or is it just, you know, card specific like Zlatan? I think... People, you know, we were saying last week about team of the season being on the horizon, so people are already a little bit nervous. And then we get a repeatable prime icon player pick, and people absolutely love those picks. So I think it's just been a combination of that. People getting liquid, selling the teams. Then these showdowns come. People get bored. People want to do showdowns. But... um, yeah, that prime icon pack is what's done it mostly. Uh, fodder went mm. through the roof the other day when that dropped. Yeah. But um, going back to Wakehorst, I, w- I were only joking. I think dropping unique cards like that is is what the game needs. You know, something completely different. We don't get many six foot six strikers with amazing stats. It, you know, it is something different. I think that's what's been really good about the showdown. You've got cards that. You don't, you know, don't always get a special card. So that's been really nice. Yeah, it was nice to see a Weston McKinney upgrade too. Regardless of whether or not that card gets boosted, it's still a great card. That that was my thinking when I saw it. It's like, I don't care if this card gets boosted another level or not. It's still a really good card. It's American, something I can put into an MLS team. If I wanted to link an MLS hybrid with some of these American cards, I've been collected on the side of Chelsea cards, but... Really need more stuff from that, I think, to keep this game interesting going forward. What about the uh, the objectives 
for these cards. Personally, I've tried three separate occasions and I haven't tried very hard, honestly, but three separate days, three separate occasions, tried to get games for Yarmolenko and Tiago Mendez. I haven't found a single game yet. I've only tried it on next gen, haven't tried it on old gen, probably can find them on old gen, but I feel like I shouldn't have to do that. How has your experience been with this one, Matt? I've not had the time to sink into playing these friendlies to pick those up, unfortunately. But from prior experience, I've had exactly the same as you. I think we already have so much of our time demanded of us just to keep up with your regular sort of rivals and weekend league stuff that people enjoy having that little bit of a break in the week and they don't want to be grinding friendlies or in modes that they're not terribly interested in for cards that are you know, a passing interest at best. Yarmolenko, that looks like a fun card, but no one's going to be running it in their main team. Um, and Mendez, good for some linkability probably, but is going to be completely blown away by whatever comes out in, in team of the season. So it's a question of, is the, the time allocated to him worth the effort for the reward? And the answer is probably no, but we should never be like too disparaging about freebies because that's what they are at the end of the day. So all good stuff for people who are joining the game late. But for people like us who have been building teams for weeks or months, they're probably not going to push us to to spend more time in the game than we already do, I think. Man, I see your point on that. And I feel like I'm on the opposite side of that coin, but I'm still getting the same outcome. So it's, I can't be asked to play weekend league here in the last month or two. So I've, I've become very casual toward the game. But the fact that the hardcores can't be asked to play friendlies, it's the same reason I can't find a game for not wanting to play the opposite games, you know? So it's, it's a tough thing to balance, especially at this point in the game. This is where people tend to take a break and, and take time away from the game because it kind of falls off until team of the season. But hopefully that gets better. I think they had the same issue last time they tried to roll out this unique matchup versus matchup with specific leagues type of thing that was with the uh, the Gwiri and the other card I can't pronounce. Remember those uh, yeah. a couple of months ago? But uh, something I saw today that disturbed the piss out of me was Ryan Kent. He's back. Paul's pumping his fist. I just think last year he wasn't very good. Did we get a foot birthday, Kent, last year? And he wasn't very good. But I've just had a quick look at his stats and he looks like a like a decent guard. He's got five-star weak foot, which is always nice. And I feel like they've done it cheap enough that lots of people will do this. And it's a you know, it's it's good people will do it, drain some coins off the market. Um, really popular. I imagine English links will go through the roof because people just can't link him unless you've got icons. But yeah, it looks like a really nice card. And I, and I love these showdowns. I feel like they've really missed a trick with these this year. I think we could have had a, um, and it was George who said this, could, they could have dropped these every week with marquee matchups from they should have random leagues, random clubs that, you know, aren't going to get promo cards or special cards. And, you know, if people don't want to do them, they don't want to do them, but it would be really really good to get the odd card from a club that you follow or a player that you you don't you know that's in the game but don't get special cards they could they could get through loads of uh, different players throughout the year and it's it's, it's interactive isn't it you, you're following a club then uh that you'd not normally watch or whatever it's it's always good when it interacts with real life football yeah I, th- I think it's a really good idea i mean even if they wanted to do away with team of the week altogether just use the, the showdown format for these type of situations. So you can have a weekly slate of games, you know, top game from Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, the top five leagues, pick one from rest of the world. And you can do the same things with um, international breaks. You could still have cards, you know, um, upgrading weekly with dynamic images or dynamic boosts based on in-game performances. I think that would really spice the game up and, and give us more reason to, interact with it and enjoy it, you know, and, and also stay engaged with actual soccer too, or football. Sorry for everyone else, except for my American friends. Um, did anybody do the Richarlison SBC? No, again, one that I were really tempted to do because I really like Richarlison, but I just feel like he's going to be irrelevant in two weeks, three weeks when team of the season comes. Yeah. Normally, I, I I mean, I do agree, 
but I did do it. One, because he's prim, he's Brazilian, and he's got two feet. Uh, Richarlison is always a really good card. I feel like this card, if any card has the potential to stay relevant for longer, it's a card like Richarlison. Even his gold card stayed around longer than it should have. And I think he's just one of those cards. He's got that sauce. I can't explain it. I feel like some icons have it. They just have that that sauce, kind of like Flashback Benzema. They do things that normal cards don't do. And I feel like he's one of them. Uh, I did do it. I did it today. Haven't had time to try him out yet, but I will give a full player review in the sponsor section of the Discord. Speaking of which, if you have not joined the Discord, it's a good time to let you know. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes. It is free. We don't charge you anything whatsoever. And Paul always has good trading tips going down in there. Mets is always around to discuss squad building. Come in and ask us anything you want and get involved. Can I just say, at the moment, people are making loads of coins in that Discord. And not you know, not just from my advice, but there's other good traders in the Discord. And it's, it's, it's really nice to see people jumping in saying, how can I make coins? And there have been three or four people sort of jumping in saying, oh, you know, look at this, look at that. And helping people make coins, it's, it's really good interactive part of the, yeah. the server yeah shout out to all the people that have been giving everybody some help with with trading i know just off the top of my head i know Tashmacher is one he's always in there uh, george is in there all the time uh, rob's in there all the time giving trading tips pompel nikki hot sticks you guys really appreciate everything you guys do in there keep it up makes everything worth it for the guys who like to trade and stay engaged with the game what about player of the month league uh it looks like ben yetter is due for another one Thoughts, Matt? I'm going to say, if you did the previous one, I imagine this will be a very incremental upgrade. So it might be a hard pass, depending on what the requirements are. But if you haven't done one and you do have some league on or French players to, to link up with Ben Yedder, mm. then it's going to be a really, really great card. Um, it'll probably still do okay in the team of the season sort of atmosphere we're about to go into because it's such a specific nimble in the box you know for five star weak foot predatory card it doesn't need to have all the spice that comes with other team of the season players he plays a, a specific way and he'll have the stats to to sort of maximize to that effect so i think it'll be a good pickup if you don't have the previous ben Yedder card presuming that he does get it of course paul how does it make you feel knowing we have another ben Yedder coming um, I don't mind actually. I've got the the previous one, but as Matt says, he really does a job, and he's a card that comes in really valuable in your club. That you know, if you're buying players and swapping your team around a lot, um, he's a card that you can just shove in at any part of the game really, and he'll do a job for you. You know, if you sell your striker and you you're waiting for a a deal on another one. You can shove Yedder in there and he'll he'll do a job. Um, his finishing's great. Is yeah, he's a good card. Um, but it just depends how much he's going to be. My thinking is they will do him quite cheap to suck some more coins because the whole aim at the moment is to suck as many coins off the market uh, up and running into team of the season. So you know they've dropped that. Um, 85 triple again today repeatable twice um the icon player picks dropped again today i think there's just lots of things that's you know this whole promo is about drawing fodder off the market and taking coins out of people's team so just be very aware of that going into team of the season yeah that's that's a good point another thing that i did notice regarding the market was informs Informs are stupid expensive, and it looks like they're going to continue to be expensive as long as they keep pumping this content out. It seems like every SBC they release, every player SBC, at some point uses at least one, most of the time, two Informs if it's a higher rated SBC. I know I've probably spent over 100K in Informs over the last week just to do SBCs. I kind of wish I had bought more and saved them. Matt looks like he has something to say on this one, but I'll go to you first, Matt. How long do you think it's it's a viable method to keep buying, you know, cheaper informs on release days or on rewards day and keep stashing these away for when they rise. Is this good to go? It's, throughout it's probably the rest? too late, too late now. We we were advising people to do this several weeks ago when they were at an all time low yeah. and you could pick up like 87s for 15 K and I bought 
shitloads of them and you can either just churn them up in these SBCs or, or sell them for fat profit now. I think my only advice would be, given the current state of the market, is we're going to continue to need informs. Um, you should probably buy them at slightly higher ratings than you think you're going to need just to ease some of the burden in terms of coins you'll have to splash out on other high-rated cards to complete those SBCs. So if you would normally pick up an 85, 86, maybe look at the 87s, 88s, because they haven't quite gone up as much as those sort of mid-tier informs have. So there might be some value to be had there, particularly um, if we're in the midst of a, a promo that comes up in the next few days that gets people opening a lot of packs and the supply is big. We might just see just that little bit of dip that allows you to get some value out of those. So I would go a little bit bigger on, on the ratings and stay away from the sort of 84s, 85s because they are way overpriced at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you're talking some of them. 75 rated informs were selling for over 20,000 coins, which is nuts. And I mean, off league, off nation, hard to link informs that usually won't even sell at discard. Yeah. Last week, the discard informs, the cheapest ones from shitty nations were the same price as an 85 from a, a decent nation, you know? So as you said, Matt, if you're going to get some, get the higher ratings, but um, I don't know. I keep talking about team of the season, but soon we're going to be, requiring team of the seasons I imagine so the type of SBCs that we get that make these informs fly may be a thing of the past in in a month so if you're going to get informs and use them do that over the next next few weeks um, or just do a few upgrades and get some untradeable ones from the you know I've been doing the 79 times 5 and I've been getting one or two informs from those. They're always worth doing with a few golds you've got in your club. Yeah, and don't forget to open your preview pack every day. That'll give you another opportunity to cash in on a few informs, Yeah, possibly. We're going to take this time real quick. We're going to go ahead and announce the winner of the monthly giveaway for the supporters of the Footballers Podcast. And this week, we draw the name of Tashenmacher. Congratulations, Morris. I think this is your first time winning the giveaway. Get in touch with me via DMs whenever you've listened to this, and we will get you set up and get you on your way. Also, while we're here, we want to talk about our friends at FIFAUteam.com. If you want to track all this latest content, keep up to date with the trackers for Foot Fantasy, you can do that there, FIFAUteam.com, or click the link in the show notes. Okay, first thing I want to talk about going forward is how do you guys keep Foot fresh at this point of the year? I mean, it's, it's April. We're not quite at team of the season. It's a big lull period. You see it all over Twitter. People are bored with the game, losing interest. Personally, I'm losing interest, have been for a while. But one thing that I've found that helps me to to keep it fresh, and I'll lead it off. Let me know what you guys think. But different formations, different play styles, different you know setups. Changing the way you play with formations, to me, has always been interesting and exciting because it forces you to learn new things. It forces you to t- to attack from different areas of the pitch and makes you a better player at the same time, makes you more dynamic in the attack. We've got several things going on in the discord with these formations and tactics. Um, have you guys tried any of these or what do you do to keep the game interesting when you feel like it's kind of stale, Matt? So I think what we touched on last week seemed to hit a nerve with people in our discord where we were talking about having a passion for a certain player or a club, or a theme. I think that in itself breathes a bit of new life into it. If you've been obsessively chasing the meta, following the power curve all year, it gets a little bit stressful, a little bit boring. You're constantly having to check on the value of your team, your club, swapping things in and out when you perhaps don't want to, just to try and stay ahead of market conditions, that kind of thing. For the last few weeks, I was like, I ditched my team of the year players. I went liquid been playing with mostly untradeables following a solid Serie A team. Then I got Perisic landed, which just made me super happy. And now this week I have Veghorst to sort of build around. So now my challenge is how do I fit him into the team that I've been enjoying for the last few weeks? Now, it's quite easy to slot him in on, on seven chem, and that's not necessarily a problem. The cards are already brilliant as it is, but I would like to try and get it up to 10. So that's going to be my focus now. It's going to be a Serie A Premier League or Dutch hybrid of sorts, whereby I can use all the the cool cards I've amassed that are still semi-relevant. 
have Perisic and Veghorst in the same team, doing damage, kicking ass, taking names, and that's probably going to keep me busy now until team of the season drops. And I will be watching Burnley v Everton later this week with massive, massive interest because both teams are super shit and the chances of either of them scoring a goal is pretty slim. Um, I think a draw would be a fair result. So, you know, people who got Richarlison or Veghorst get a little bit of a, a boost and I'd be happy with that. But my God, if Veghorst got a, a winner's boost, it's game over, folks. That card is just going to destroy everything between now and team of the season. May even hold its own during team of the season because it's so physically unique on top of the, the amazing stats boost. So that for me is how I will keep myself occupied for the next few weeks. I actually feel more engaged with the game now than I have done for the rest of the year because I've I've basically put aside any delusions of grandeur of achieving amazing things in weekend league. They are well in the past. Now I'm just playing for enjoyment as and when quirky cards come out that appeal to the novelty in, uh, factor inside of me. And I'm happy with that. And that might change when Team of the Season launches. But for now, I'm just basically trying to be as annoying as possible to other players with these cards that other people probably don't want to use, but that's just the way I like to play. Yeah. People hate losing to other teams that are not meta. They get mad. They'll send messages. They'll, re- they'll send you our friend request. If you have messages turned off, just to send you a message, hoping you accept it. Sorry on that point. Hunter, like this is one of the biggest issues for me. Um, this weekend I built a new team. Um, George, who was a massive Norwich fan, built a past and present Norwich team. He had Gold Team Upuki up front, um, Inform Rashika, a few silvers thrown in there, lots of like really shit gold cards. And he was doing all right. But in his first nine games, he had three people equalise against him and then just quit or he would equalise, and they'd just quit. So the biggest issue of trying to have fun at the moment is this some people in this fucking community. Like, it's... I found it this weekend as well. Like, you'll be playing a game, somebody will go 2-1 up, and this has gone on, you know, all the way throughout the year. But I noticed it this weekend. And then... With 20 minutes to go, these people just pinging the ball about at the back. Like, no no attempt at all of going forward. And I just think it just made me hate the game this weekend. And I'd spent a lot of coins. I'd bought a moment Zidane. I'd bought Hullet. I'd bought loads of cards thinking, right, let's start, you know, enjoying some of these coins. And it was the most miserable weekend league I've had of the year. Um, and, you know, I went in all positive thinking it was going to be fun. But a few of my opponents made it a miserable, you know, a lot of games I just turned it off and I was like, oh, I just can't, you know, have the win. I'm not that bothered about it. Um, but yeah, it was just frustrating. But the the like yeah. I said, the videos that George was sending me of people equalising or him equalising and then quitting so that he didn't get the win. They get they're getting the loss, but just so he didn't get the win. It's just that's spiteful. Yeah. yeah. Do you think um your your expectations were unrealistically high though once you started buying cars like Zidane and Hullet? Because if you can't smash up everyone with cards like that then it just goes to show why we even like chasing oh. the dragon when it comes to going for these ultra ultimate team cards when they don't guarantee anything or if anything you'll probably just make your matchmaking even harder oh no that you know i've been using good cards all year but there's been one or two that i've sort of you know and a, and a four mil zidane i don't think he's better than some one million coin or even 600k cards i think players make very little difference at sort of our level, but it would just, and, and, and to be honest, the gameplay were a bit rough. So everyone felt a little bit clunky anyway. It was just one of them weekends where it just didn't work out. And it could have been with any cards. I didn't have, Zidane were all right, but Messi, who I'm a huge fan of and team of the um, player of the month, Mbappe, they, you know, I've been playing with them and, 
and they were average too. I think it was me who were just average and I played some shitty opponents and it just got a little bit too much. But we are at that time of the year, like we've just said, we're at that time of the year where a break is due. Yeah. Mm. I feel like most people are not, say not playing the game, but a lot of your weekend league warriors, if they're still playing at this point, they're hardcore. They're going to be sweating it out. and They're going to be trying to get the best rewards possible, even though the rewards are going to be dog shit. Mm. I want to give a uh, quick shout relevant. out, if I may, Hunter, to uh, DJ Frazzles on Xbox, or DG Frazzles, I beg your pardon, he's not a DJ. Um, someone who I played this week in Rivals, who was running um, a Rangers-themed team, so not necessarily using gold cards and stuff of the existing team, although he had one or two, um, but he was running like former Rangers players, so using Michael Loudrup in the absence of Brian Loudrup, he had... Um, I think he had Moments Vieri up front in lieu of Marco Negri, who would have been like the, the star of that team 20, 30 odd years ago. Anyway, the guy was really good. We had a full on sweat match against my Serie A team and he, he came out on top and I sent him a message saying, well played, I really liked his team. Uh, and I thought we had a, a nice little chat about it and messages after that. And that's the kind of shit that keeps the game interesting. The, the guy has absolutely... No benefit from playing that team, although he did build up, you know, a pretty competitive team. He was definitely at a disadvantage for doing so. But the passion of taking Rangers in some form to glory meant more to him, presumably, than the results. And that's the sort of stuff I love playing against teams like, because you know you're going to have a proper game of, of Ultimate Team. It's not going to be full on sweat fest in terms of going 1 0 up and just holding the ball. It's just going to be end to end. And it was, we had a high scoring game. He came up on top, fair play to him. Um, I'd love to see more people doing that. Whereas most people are still following the meta curve to the hilt, even this late on yeah, and and not really going for, for the enjoyment factor as much, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of chat about it too, in the community amongst Twitter and in the discord about, you know, people just, they, like I said earlier, it's kind of stale for them. And if you haven't tried this, just give it a shot. What do you have to lose? I mean, yeah, you might not get your 11 wins that you typically get or your nine wins, but set personal goals for yourself and see if you can obtain them with just random cards, other cards that are not meta. I guarantee you, you'll feel way more accomplishment and you'll actually enjoy the game doing that because you know you're doing something that's different from everybody else and you're giving people a hard time with these meta teams. Um, that said, with everything we reading the community I try to oh go ahead Paul I'll tell you what this next weekend somebody build me an interesting team mm. and I'll play this weekend with it I'll pick the most interesting one and I will play this oh, weekend yeah. with it you're on don't worry about the budget just build a team and the most interesting one and don't give me dog shit silvers and bronzes because it's not going to be fun but something that's semi-competitive but fun you know Let's set some standards. Minimum gold or silver stars. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, we'll... we'll Everything else is... Anything goes. Anything goes. Oh my God, this is going to be fun. This is what I'm talking about. This kind of shit is what I'm talking about. Do this kind of stuff. Challenge your friends. Play flips. You know, build your friend's team. He'll, he'll build you a team. Give it a, a rating cap. See who can have the better, you know, record. It, it's, it's just ways to keep it interesting. Uh, Paul, I want to talk about something I saw on Twitter this week and it involved a tweet that I saw you reply to. And you said, does anyone else write twatty replies to tweets and then delete them without sending Twitter's hard work? Dickhead replies are definitely contagious. I feel like a lot of the shit we see on Twitter, and I'm, I'm going to try to choose my words carefully here. I feel like a lot of the stuff we see on Twitter is just smoke. It's a smoke screen. It's, it's these alternate personalities. It's these accounts that really have no personalities. They just say off the wall, random shit to stoke conversations to get engagement. And I feel like a lot of these, these accounts have, they don't care about the outcome. They don't care about the replies. All they want is the engagement for the followage. And I feel like once they get there, they feel like they can empower themselves to say even more off the wall shit to stoke even more interaction. Is it just me 
Or do you guys feel like this is sort of the same thing? I feel like it kind of poisons the community because it puts people against each other where it doesn't necessarily need to, because there's never any good outcome from this kind of stuff. What do you think about it, Paul? Yeah, well, I think about this a fair bit. Like I'll go on Twitter and have a look what's going on and some random thing will come up on my timeline. And I'll think, are you fucking mental? You're talking absolute shit. And I'll start typing a message and I'll think, Paul, now you're talking absolute shit. And who's Mm -hmm. to say that my opinion is the right one? Do you know what I mean? So I have to like really rein myself in on Twitter. And so many times I'll, I'll type a message out and I'll think, yeah, sort yourself out. And it's ego. That's exactly what it is. It's just ego. And Twitter does it, YouTube does it, all social media does it, and it just plays to people's egos for interactions. You know, it's not necessarily what, like YouTube, it's not necessarily what you want to see, it's what you will engage with and watch more of, you know, usually controversial shit. And that's the the sort of world we're living in now where, you know, people aren't necessarily bothered about the quality of the comments and the discussion in the, in the timeline. They just want numbers and interaction. But yeah, that were more of sort of me sort of reining myself in. And I just were interested to see if lots of, you know, other people do write, write things out and then go, "Eh, I probably shouldn't post that. I bet you that happens more than people actually post to be fair. I know I probably do it more than I, I mean, I'll, I'll type something out where I want to call somebody out for being a fucking idiot. And I'm like, you know what, what's the point? Yeah. Because, and and what, often, what are they going to do? Come back and say, "Oh yeah, you're right." Yeah, no, nobody's doing that. And and often, no. you just make yourself look like a dickhead then by posting that because people just think you're being toxic or whatever. It it, it just never. Well, these ends groups are well. tribal, right? Pardon? I mean these these are tribal groups. These these loyal followers of certain certain groups or or creators. Yeah. We're, we're all you know, biased to one opinion or another. So we're going to pick a sure. side and we're going to stick with that. And especially on Twitter, like you're going to fight for that side and you're going to put that opinion and nobody's changing your mind on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Nobody's, it's not a place where open discussion is, do you know what I mean? You only have a certain amount of characters. You cannot get into a great debate and and knock these issues out. And most of the time, it's about a fucking quality of a player in a fucking SBC that nobody really gives a shit about. Imagine being 2022 and we still have a character limit. Matt, what do you think about all this? Oh, I've had some bad experiences on social media in general, not necessarily FIFA related. I could share some interesting stories with you, but like Paul, I find myself seeing something that, that winds me up, grinds my gears. I write out a full length tweet and then just as I'm about to hit the send button, I rein myself back and say, well, why are you doing that? Cause you don't even want to have the conversation with that person or anyone who feels the same way as they do. And <clears throat> I think social media has, has divided us a lot as a world community in terms of it's people wouldn't say such outlandish shit in the past because they would find it very difficult to find anyone who would agree with them pre-social media. Now you can find people agree with you on anything, even if it's literally bullshit, people will agree yeah. like flat earth and, and stuff like that. It's like, what the fuck? But we've, we've gotten to that point now where enough people are drinking the Kool-Aid. It's, it's almost real. So firing opinions out on Twitter can be a dangerous thing, which something that I found out to my, um, to my cost a few years ago, trying to defend the FIFA community during Ken Gate, and I uh, came to the attention of a certain Nepentes who didn't agree with me on something. Um, yeah. He decided to side with the money boys at EA rather than do something that benefited the FIFA community in general. Mm. And because he disagreed with me, probably several million people disagreed with me as a result. And I right. got like hammered by his followers, even though they're not intelligent enough to work out what I was talking about, to the point where they were hounding me in in real life. They were bombarding my LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff, so I had to go dark on everything for two or three years just to get rid of them. It sounds silly when you say you should think about what you put out on Twitter, but really you should because once it's out there, it never goes away, even if you delete it. 
then are you ready for the consequences of, you know, really backing your own opinion on something? It can get pretty ridiculous. And FIFA is the most toxic community around anyway. So I generally don't tweet much about FIFA, which is why I always tell people to hit me up in Discord at the end of the show, because (laughs) FIFA Twitter is such a minefield at the best of times. And, you know, we're talking about some seriously fucked up people. A lot of the time, you see how they behave in matches and sending you messages over Xbox or, or PlayStation yeah. Network. When they've got more more ammo to go at you with on Twitter, it's only going to be 10 times worse. So, yeah, um, yeah, it just magnifies the negative aspects of everybody to a lot. So I just don't bother with them anymore. Yeah, typically, these are the same. These are the type of people that, you know, you meet them for the first time, they kind of shake your hand like half half limp wristed and staring at the ground. They don't want to look you in the eye. Like they'll sit in the corner and, and never share their opinion whatsoever about anything because they're afraid and, and timid. But yet when they get home behind that keyboard or, or pull out that phone and get behind that screen, they're fucking, you know, a UFC fighter. There's somebody you, who you can only they're, they're be a hundred percent truthful online when you have the benefit of anonymity, which is sad. You'll never get anyone's true opinion on anything unless there's zero consequences, which you can't do if you're posting under your real name. It's impossible. And that's the difference in it. In real life, if people say, said some of the stuff that they, they say on Twitter, they end up getting punched in the face numerous times a week. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm just saying that's that's life. And I feel like that because there is no accountability, people can do what they want. And like you say, you can hide behind a, a, a profile picture or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You can just say what you want and there'd be nothing linked to you personally. You know, lots of these people, you know, people are a, little, are a lot smarter than me can track people down and find out who they are, where they live and, and who they work for. And before they know it, they're, you know, they're cancelled, but that, you know, people are only going to do that in certain circumstances, but yeah, it's, it's a minefield in it's social media. And I, I try and be positive on there, but it's very difficult. You know, even though I'm quite positive in, in real life, it, it seems to bring out the wrong, the, the worst parts of me. So I, I try not to be on there as much as I can. I've got a couple yeah. of funny stories for you very quickly because that story I just talked about was quite serious, maybe a little bit dark even, but I do have a couple of funny ones just to lighten the mood that hopefully will make you giggle. Um, but these are good demonstrations of why I don't really post on Facebook anymore. So number one, um, this is back when people used to talk on each other's walls a lot on Facebook. So we're talking like over 10 years ago. And uh, this girl I used to work with, we were just bantering on the, and um, she said something daft. So I called her, oh, whatever, you silly bitch, because she she would know how I talked in real life, that that was really funny. Anyway, some random, as far as I'm concerned, adds into the conversation saying, oh, my God, such and such a person, the other person I'm talking to. Let's call her Claire. She's not named Claire. Oh, my God, Claire, who is this 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 ruffian you're talking to and letting him talk to you like that? I said, fuck off. I work with this person every day. I can talk to her how I want. And, and she knows I'm only joking. Anyway, it turns out that that was the person's mum. But she had a different surname. So I was calling her mum a fucking cow and all this shit. And absolutely laid into it. And it's like, oh, why did you even bother? So that was lesson number one. And then the second one, also a work-related story. Um, A girl who used to work at reception in the company that I work for. (laughs) If anyone from work is listening to this, oh my God. Anyway, um, she posted some photos um, of like an afternoon out. Um, and she was was on a bus, and someone was pulling um, a funny face on the seat behind her. And I said, "Oh, that was a, a nice instance of photo bombing you caught there." And the guy's making like a silly face behind her, and all this shit. And she's <laughs> replied, um, "That's my brother, and he's mentally disabled." Please, leave oh. him. <laughs> like, why? Why do I even engage? It's like totally innocent, oh. like no intention, and. <laughs> I absolutely wrecked the relationship with this really nice person that I had and I've never spoken to him again since. Oh, brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I love those. I could listen to those all day where, like, you just want the ground to swallow you up. You're like, 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so Facebook goodness. now is basically a read-only product for me. I don't. Yeah. I don't write anything on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Uh, I've got too Facebook. many uh, tight spots on that one. That's fucking funny, though. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, whenever we talked about all this in the in DMs leading up to this this week's episode, I got curious and I looked up uh, status of the mind. Did a study, and they ranked social media from best quote best to worst and youtube came out on the better side as it was positive in the uh, arena of self-awareness and understanding of others but it was also the worst for sleep deprivation uh in fact all social media was a cause for sleep deprivation and uh the worst one was instagram as it was negative for uh body imaging and uh, body shaming people felt like they were always uglier or, or less pretty or less fit than the, the next person that they were seeing on Instagram. It was pretty interesting though, because they called for things like, like watermarks on photos that have been Photoshopped or edited just to let people know this isn't real. Like this has been altered sort of like they do in the news, you know? Um, it would be nice to have that in the foot arena so you could sort out the bullshit, but I have no idea how you would implement something like that, especially when I'm, I'm very much a free speech advocate so i don't think we need censorship in the foot realm i just wish people would not be so fucking stupid um but yeah there's definitely ego in this in this industry and to to quote wesley snipes and demolition man you can't take away people's rights to be assholes and it's very true very true people do have that right and a lot of people exercise that right unfortunately um but let's get off of this one because we had some pretty big news come out in the middle of the week. We got the World Cup draw. And I don't know why I'm really looking forward to this year's World Cup. I, I don't think that the U.S. have a chance to win it. Don't get me wrong. But I think this is the year that we fucking show up and we compete. I think we have enough young talent to do that. And I'm really excited that we get a chance to compete against England because I'd love to see how we stack up. I don't think we can beat them. I just want to see if we can play with them. But what did you guys think of the draw and the groups, I guess? Uh, which group is, to me, there really isn't a group of death like on like some years, but which group do you, does looks the hardest to you, in your opinion? We'll start with start with you, Paul. Yeah, well, it's it's always a bit interesting, isn't it, the, the group stage. There's so many shitty teams, it doesn't really get interesting until the the sort of the next round. But yeah, um USA and England, that could be fun. And like you say, Hunter, you've got you've got some decent players. You could put a win or two together in England, you know, it's England in it that could quite easily get spanked by USA. Um especially if they start Harry Maguire. Yeah. Spain and Germany, that's an interesting there'll be a decent few games. But yeah, like you say, there's no there's no group where you think, oh, they're going to really struggle. You know, none of the big teams are going to struggle to get out of the groups, I don't think. But nice Scotland and Scotland or Wales to um, go through in our group. That's always, that's always fun. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. I feel like um, that European playoff. Can we, can we just put Ukraine through? Can we give them that one? I mean, I feel like they deserve it. Everyone's already got the flags, I suppose. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, Everyone's got a Ukraine flag at minute supporting Ukraine. A bit. There might be more of those than England flags. Oh, there's definitely more Ukraine flags than England flags. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no fucking way you'll get more Ukraine flags than a single council state will have of England flags once that World Cup kicks off. Every window of every street will have an England flag on it and they'll all be called racists. They'll all vote fucking BNP and <laughs> vote Brexit <laughs> and all that shit. But no, it, when when it's World Cup time, the, the England flags suddenly emerge and yeah, we become super patriotic. Not that we're an unpatriotic country anyway, but in terms of, of getting the bunting out and everything, we'll, we'll, we'll be good to go. But that group does make me nervous because there's going to be two teams if not three teams, really, but particularly US and either Wales or Scotland, who will be super motivated to beat England. 
and we don't tend to do well against teams like that a lot of the time. So um, even though USA can't get it together to beat teams like Trinidad and Tobago, I bet they can to beat England. So um, I'm not mega confident, but if we survive that group, I think the, the tournament sort of folds out quite nicely in favour of England again, like the last one. So fingers crossed. But um, I'm hopeful that we're going to get like showdowns for pretty much every match, or at least every group should have a showdown. I think that's the way that, that FIFA should sort of play this out in, in Ultimate Team. Yeah, that would be nice. They'll get some cool content and put something on the line in as many matches as possible. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. What, what date do we start? Starts November 21st. That'll be the first game. I think it'll be Qatar and uh, Ecuador, I believe. But yeah, looking forward to the World Cup. Something new, something to stay involved with. But it'll be interesting to see how they integrate this into the next foot, because that's when it's going to be going on. I do have a question though. What happens if the United States beat England? Does Twitter blow up? Yeah, it's going to be, um, I'm going to be fucking throwing tea out of my front window of my house, screaming America. I'll be very, very disappointed if, um, if we get beat by the U S I'll, Oh, (laughs) But I, but I've said it. You can you can see it happening. Like for the US, that's their that's their World Cup final. Do you know what I mean? That's yes. their World Cup final. I'll take a loss to the US because I'd be com- reasonably confident we could get two more wins. And providing that Iran really stick it to the United States, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, right. <laughs> come on, come on. But, yeah, come on. That would be lovely. They'd have to nuke us first. Ooh. Yeah. Iran, they they have no shot. And I'm not sorry for that either. Clip that. Iran sucks. Clip that. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm not back next week, you know what happened. Um, That's all I got for this week. Uh, Well, no, no, no. We we do have a hot take before we go. George Coog. Shout out to George for all the work he does in the Discord. Stamina as a stat should be removed. That's his hot take. Keep it in the game as a set value and work rate should determine the drain rate. It's ridiculous. They give lower rated cards a much lower stamina. Yeah, I feel like stamina on a lot of cards and foot kind of coincides with age as well. You know, as they get older, the stamina goes and it makes sense. But we kind of touched on this last week, Matt, the whole flipping on overload ball side mechanic as they would call it but i feel like it 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 hinders you in some aspects and some aspects it doesn't but i feel like stamina has to stay in the game to keep those abusers of these mechanics at bay like overload ball side constant pressure if we didn't have that you think the game is frustrating now go play a game of max chemistry and leave overload ball side and constant pressure on for the full 90 tell me how you like it It's just my take. I I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. I think um, there has to be some sort of stamina penalty, but what we probably shouldn't have is is such a massive stamina disparity on lower rated cards. So there should be like a minimum good level of stamina because these are all professional footballers at the end of the day. And then there are those cards that are famous for having like a shit hot engine and should have a higher gauge of stamina. But there shouldn't be like, oh, you've you've done a couple of dashes and you're dead type stamina just because it's a low rated card or they use stamina as a means to basically bring down a, a card's rating or ability overall. I think that's a bit there's not many people who play professional football <laughs> who don't have a bit of an engine on them these days. It's it's that would be so unusual. So you should have the people who are, who can run all day and then the people who can run around a lot, but not much lower than that, I think. Yeah. I think George's biggest issue was when he played with his past and present team this weekend. He's using Timu Puka, who's a international player, plays in the Premier League, runs all day, and he's knackered, you know, so... You, you, same again, you want to have fun and use these lower rated cards, build a past and present team and you're at a huge disadvantage because lots of them have horrendous stamina, which puts you at an even bigger 
disadvantage. And there has to be something. But like you say, if they're playing professional football, you know, they're not Razor Ruddock. Do you know what I mean? In his later years, the the cards that the they're all athletes now. They eat well. They train well. Um, they should all have a a level that can play a full ninety minutes without being absolutely screwed. And like you say, Matt, there should be those cards, those those players who are renowned for just charging about for ninety minutes. They should get a little bit of a, a you know. They should be the cards that after ninety minutes have hardly have hardly deteriorated at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a balance, and I think the way it is right now, I think stamina could be worse. I think it, it could be better, but it could be a lot worse. I think it's I could live with it if it stayed the way it is. Um, like I said, the only thing I wish they would do is treat the stamina drain the same with constant pressure as they do with overload ball side. I'm going to reiterate that. Uh, other than that, I like it where it is, just my personal opinion. But appreciate the hot take, George. Always appreciate you. Uh, that is going to wrap us up this week. We will be back next week with more content based on hopefully team of the season be coming soon, but we do have foot captains coming soon, which will be revealed through us, no doubt by leakers in the coming days. Paul, where can they follow you on social media that everyone loves so much? Right foot on Twitter, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T, right fucking foot. I can love that. Never gets old. Matt? Don't bother hitting me out on Twitter because you'll never get my real opinion anyway, as I just said. So uh, just hit me up on uh, on Discord, please. That would be nice. Happy to talk to you about anything and everything on on uh, Discord. But yeah, stay away from Twitter. And disabled kids on buses. Yeah. Matt's a fucking asshole. <laughs> I am. I'm such oh, a massive bastard. I, I appreciate you. One of my favorite traits about you, Matt. Yep, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at TheFootHunter follow the show on twitter at footballers pod don't forget to submit your goal into the goal of the month competition in the discord that is now live back by popular demand the winner will get their goal pasted into our website and it'll stay there throughout the rest of the year so be sure to get those clips put in we'll catch you next week see ya Podcast Network.